What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Detroit Startup Week podcast. My name is Leanna Bod, and I am part of the team here at Startup Week. Detroit Startup Week is a free five-day celebration of entrepreneurship in the Detroit community. And even though Detroit is in the name, everyone around the region is welcome to attend, volunteer, and even speak. That's right, even those in Ann Arbor, Lansing, Grand Rapids, Toledo, Windsor, Toronto, you name it. Our goal with Startup Week is to provide as much value as possible to the entrepreneurs in our ecosystem. So folks, we hope you set aside the dates of June 18 through the 22nd for a week full of impact. Now, if you can't make it out the whole week, no problem. We'd love to see you for even an hour of your time. If you want more information, check out the link in the show notes. All right, with that, let's get to the episode. Today's guest is Giovanna Watson, owner of Detroit Sip. Detroit Sip is a coffee shop and community magnet for the University District in Detroit. Giovanna started it because during her undergrad and law degree from Michigan State University, she felt the positive impact coffee shops had on her college experience and wanted to provide that same experience to the students at U of D Mercy and Mary Grove College. They're located at 7420 West McNichols, Detroit, Michigan, so please feel free to check them out. Today's interviewer is Detroit Startup Week co-lead Kyle Bazzi, who's also the COO of Grand Circus Detroit. We at Startup Week hope you enjoy this episode, so without further ado, let's get into it. So first off, thank you for coming. and Well, thank you for inviting me. And telling your story. Um, how much do you know about uh, Detroit Startup Week? I was a location spot last year um, for Google, um, and there were some other um, kind of one-stop shopping introduction to various things like marketing. They had people there speaking. I wasn't really aware of Detroit Startup Week because I never really set out to be an entrepreneur, so it isn't mm. an area that I was really familiar with and knew about all of the different supports and um, celebrations of being an entrepreneur. So last year would have been my first experience with it. Okay. And even then it was limited. Uh, the reason we wanted to start doing this for Startup Week is, uh, you know, we're all, uh, this whole thing is volunteer led. Um, it is 100% supported by people and organizations that are willing to donate money to allow us to do the things we do uh, each year. Um, but what we realize is connecting these volunteers to the stories and the people that we're truly seeking out to help um, has one, been one of the most powerful ways to continue the organization or the event to um, uh, help more. Um, so today, all I want to do is, just as we, we were you know, meeting as friends, grabbing dinner, just learn your story, uh, because that's why all of these people are crazy enough to, to give all this time and sacrifice for, for the event. So I'd love to start at, uh, you said that you never thought you were going to be an entrepreneur. No, uh, um, never. How, how does that happen? Why did I not think I'd be an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, I grew up in the 90s and 80s, and at that time it was go to school, get a good education, you'll get a good job. Um, as well-intentioned as our parents and educators were, that was the message that we were taught. So that was my mindset. Um, at eight years old, I said, I'm going to uh, become an attorney. And I never 
explore the thought of anything else. You know, watching TV, I saw Claire Huxtable like, man, she's a mom, she's an attorney, she's a wife. And that's what I set out to do. And that's what I am, an attorney. I never um, explored anything else. And looking back, I wish I had. Um, so I was kind of catapulted into this uh, being an entrepreneur, definitely outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I wanted to win the lotto and open a coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> I didn't win the lotto, um, but I am navigating this thing called owning a coffee shop. Um, I'm not a full-time entrepreneur. I don't foresee myself as becoming one in the near future if I don't win the lotto. You know, I have student <laughs> loans. I have two children that I have to, um, you know, tend to their needs. I can't recklessly chase my dreams. I'm too over that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I never... I just never thought about it. I thought that opening the coffee shop would just r really be a dream, and I wasn't really sure if it had ever come true. Mm -hmm. So I'd love you, for you to give us your perspective on being in uh, you know, this area, um, very manufacturing blue collar. Uh, entrepreneur, still to this day, I would say, is a, uh, as maybe some of the different generations older will say, an excuse for not getting a job, right? Yes. I think some of the younger people don't realize that entrepreneur isn't, wasn't as cool as it is today, mm -hmm. like back in the 90s. Um, what, uh, why does that make it tough for you to do what you do? Um, if there's percep outside perceptions looking at you saying, why are you doing this? I think the most daunting question that people have asked me as it relates to why are you doing this? It's why was I doing it where I'm doing it? Um, I've not really been asked why am I doing it? The most popular question for me is how I do it because I'm not full time um, in terms of pursuing the uh, being an entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, I don't really get that question a lot. It is a difficult thing to do. Um, but it would be difficult doing it full-time, part-time. If you're doing it at all, it mm -hmm. is a difficult thing. Um, I read something that said working for someone else is hard. <laughs> working for yourself is hard. Oh, yeah. Choose your hard. Um, and I think that that's very true. I just recently learned, probably in the past five years, that I'm not a millennial because I didn't really <laughs> know what that meant. <laughs> so um, to some degree, I think... You do have to have a plan. I don't think it's okay to just say this is what I want to do and um, not really have a plan to even shadow or study or, or roll your sleeves up and, you know, um, take some form of an action. Um, I, I guess that would be my only thing for at some point you have to stop being a daydreamer and become a doer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be, I mean, that's advice I would give my own children in terms of pursuing their dreams. You have to put some teeth to it. What, uh, so I think a lot of people that um, we encounter through Startup Week each year in Detroit, uh, they might be parents. They might be um, the non-traditional, I think, it, it, perception of an entrepreneur. You said you have kids? Yes, How a 16-year-old and an 11-year-old. All right, so that's a startup <laughs> on its own, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> what, what is it like being an entrepreneur and a parent, um, and how do, you, how do you balance those priorities? So a very good friend of mine told me, if everything is a priority, nothing is. Mm. And that was pretty early on in this journey because I was going crazy 
I didn't know how to do all of this. I still don't know how to do all of this. Um, but one thing that I never lose perspective of in terms of parenthood is that's my most important job. And if something has to fall down on the list or be sacrificed, it's never my parenting. Um, so knowing that and knowing my, my boundaries, that doesn't make it hard at all um, because that's always going to be my number one choice. Now my career and my dream, now those two, um, yeah, they box all the time. Um, and you know, with that, it really is a juggling um, act and it's very true though. Even working in the business and working on the business is another um, you know, boxing match, if you will, yeah. Um, so I don't know that there is a perfect balance. Um, I think it's evolving and I think it should evolve because just when you think you have it all figured out, here comes something else. Uh, for instance, my power is out at the coffee shop. I never planned for that. It's been out since Sunday. Um, you know, so those things are, um, you have to be able to roll with the punches to some degree, be flexible um, about how you get where you're going. Just know where you're going, but you might have to change your route to get there. Um, that would be... I, I try to keep that as my mindset. Sometimes I, I lose it, you know. I get angry or I get sad or feel overwhelmed. Um, I just have to remember why I'm doing it. And for me, the coffee shop is enjoyable to me. And the moment it stops becoming enjoyable to me, I need to pull back on working in the business. Um, and so I just want to make sure that that, that maintains um, – my sanity there. It, it, I feel better there um, in terms of that's the first time as an adult that I've been in love with my work. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so, profound. Yeah. Working there, I love it. And yeah. I, I want it to always remain that way. Yeah. Uh, so break, break down some of the, these uh, preconceived notions from maybe the younger generations coming up saying like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. And they're talking about the money and they're talking about the, the fame and being, you know, being mentioned in magazines. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the things that we're trying to tell the stories of are that is not entrepreneurship. And an overnight success takes years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No such thing as an overnight success. But you nailed it. It's uh, the, the purpose. Um, why is this purposeful for you? Um, it's changed. The purpose has literally changed from the first time I said I wanted to have a coffee shop and bring a coffee shop atmosphere back home. Uh, I'm born and raised in Detroit, only went away to go to school, but that was my first experience with a coffee shop when I was at Michigan State, go green, in spite of the negative things that are going on, I, I do have to represent, there are some positive Spartans and, and we do care, um, but with that, I saw a need for that back home, but that was my dream, to win the lotto and bring something like that back here, so my initial purpose because I live in the same area that the coffee shop is in. And I look at the students at UDM and Mary Grove, and I realize that their experience is way different than students that go to UAD Law School or Wayne State because they actually get the full college experience, what I know it to be, where you put your backpack on, you walk, you ride your bike. The UDM students and Mary Grove students don't do that. Um, part of it is because there's no reason for them to. So they live in these gated communities for four years, arguably, and never venture out three minutes away from their campus. So that was my initial purpose. Um, as I started on the journey, I realized 
that it wasn't just the students that are isolated, that we are isolating ourselves from one another, um, from those of us that live there, those of us that work there, those of us that study there. We're all there, but we never even rub elbows. We never have a conversation. There was no place that could bring all of those essential pieces together. And so now, um, that's what the purpose is, to bring all of the pieces together where I kind of naively thought it was just the college students until I looked, you know, even at myself. And I, um, I think we live in an individualistic society. I mean, we go to work, we go home, we take care of our own families, which is completely different than when I grew up. I mean, you knew your neighbors and you, you saw kids outside playing. You, you heard the ice cream truck coming, like the sounds of summer. All of those things have changed because we're all doing our own thing. And I wanted the coffee shop to be that one place where everybody could come. Um, no one's looking at the race, the gender, sexual orientation, none of that. Everybody's there and it is expected that you can see anyone, anyone in there at any given time. And that has really, um, become my mission and I watch it happen every weekend when I work there. Mm. You, you call it uh, naive and I think that being an entrepreneur you learn that ignorance truly can be bliss sometimes. Yes. Because if you knew everything you probably would never get started. Oh if I knew what I would have to <laughs> endure I may not have gone through with this um, but it has been a learning process uh, one of the reasons why I only sell Detroit products, and I don't, I'm not a baker, so <laughs> things that are there are from other um, small business owners. Some of them have brick and mortar, some of them don't. Um, but the reason that I, I maintain that commitment, this side of 8 Mile, is not because there's less talent on the other side of 8 Mile, but it takes a lot. I didn't know what I was doing. Sometimes I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I didn't know to ask a question because I didn't know there was a question to be asked. You know, I, I really thought, okay, I, I'm sure I have to do some licensing and I, I know I got to get a permit to do one or two things. But I had no idea um, everything that it would um, involve. And um, I bumped my head a few times. <laughs> I bumped my head a few times, um, but there were people that were very honest with me about their successes and their failures, um, that were willing to share their stories. And so I just think that, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. I owe those coming behind me or those that are standing beside me um, to share my experiences so that we can kind of help each other. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Well, so uh, I got a couple of questions kind of um, in a row here, just because the questions are quick doesn't mean your answers have to be. Um, one of one of the the bridges we're trying to support uh, with this with startup week in Detroit is the um, we feel like there's a continual divide between um, in Detroit now between downtown and uh, this area that we're sitting in today and um, the, the the people that you're serving in the neighborhood of Detroit. Um, what is something that you believe uh, can truly help uh, this us all move forward together as a high tide that rises all ships? Like how, how do we as a community continue to support entrepreneurs in the neighborhoods uh, that we never read about in magazines or, uh, and I, what I mean by that is the exposure is not the same. Um, what do we do to help 
people like you and businesses in the neighborhoods like yours move forward? Um, patronize them. What I have learned, um, as hard as it was to start up, it's even harder to sustain. And support comes in the beginning because we all like the shiny penny. But what small businesses really truly need is a, a stable, loyal customer base. That's what keeps the doors open. Um, so I think that that's, I mean, that speaks for itself. Shop small, keep your dollars circulating within your own um, you know, community, and it can't be a trend. If you want businesses to stay around and have longevity, you gotta patronize them. What's one thing uh, that you um, know is true or have the wisdom of today that uh, you wanna share with all of the budding entrepreneurs that are about to start something? Shadow. Mm. Um, make sure that is what you want to do. I, I just shared with you why I became an attorney, and a friend of mine reminded me that I've never liked it. So I've committed years and hundreds of <laughs> thousands of dollars um, to obtain an education, which has given me a valuable skill set. But if I had known, I may not have ex I may not have gone through with it if I had had the experience because you need to be informed about what you're getting into. So I would say shadow someone doing exactly what it is that you want to do. And if you're doing something that no one else is really doing, there's still some value in shadowing a business owner, um, someone who's starting from scratch, or maybe someone who's just making a transition from one career to, a, to the next. I think that that mentorship is important because no one knows everything, but um, you really do need to associate with someone that has done something similar so that they can share things with you, give you guidance, hold you accountable. Um, it's not always fun to be held accountable, <laughs> but I have people that are in my circle that will um, you know, pull me aside and hold me accountable. And when you feel like giving up, um, they'll no, that's not allowed. No crying in baseball, you know. Um, so I think that's very important. I would also say be careful who you share your your dreams with. Be careful who you share your weaknesses with. You really do need to. Um, I'm a people watcher. I like to observe. And um, so when you're opening a business, you are very vulnerable if you don't know what you're doing. Like I didn't know what I was doing. So I had to go to organizations like Tech Town. Um, SWAT City. That was awesome for me because they took me on as a client. I wasn't just in a room full of strangers where I'm raising my hand and asking a question and I, I could really let my hair down and, and talk about my concerns and they were very um, helpful in once I exposed my weakness. They didn't just leave it an open sore. Okay, well, let's connect you with a person that can help you in that particular area. Um, another program for me, I've said I'm a Spartan, and I <laughs> never, ever, ever thought I'd say anything nice about um, <laughs> University of Michigan. But they have a program. It's the Detroit Neighborhood Entrepreneurship Project. And when I say um, I think that program may have been the most key and they have a multidiscipline team. And so with that, I had a team, even though I'm a lawyer, I had a team of law students. I have a 
had a team of art students, I had a team of business students, I had a team of accountants. And so they utilized the students, almost like a student teaching type of thing, and they were supervised by the professors. And um, some really good things came out with that because it was a learning experience for me and it was a learning experience for them and giving them the practical experience as opposed to just the textbook. So those things were important to join those types of um, organizations. Now, I don't have a lot of free time, so I don't join things just to say <laughs> I'm on a committee. We have a joke at work, if you wanna look busy, join a committee. So no, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have time for that. I was very intentional about the organizations that I joined. Was it going to help me get to the next step. Um, I really don't have, and I'm not saying there's no value in doing this, but I don't have time for a venting session, you know, where we're all just kind of sitting around talking about how difficult it is. I need to join something where we talk about the difficulties and then we strategize on how to, you know, accomplish our goals. So that would be um, what I would say. This is my own personal curiosity. Uh, I had, I struggle with being intentional. Uh, I'm scatterbrained. I uh, have a lot of ideas and then I'll get to the end of the day and I haven't accomplished like the three things that I wanted to accomplish. How do you work on being intentional? Or what, have you found anything like that that has worked for you? And I know mm -hmm. by no means, like I'm not looking for perfect. <laughs> I'm just looking for like what's something to try that you found has worked. So I write myself a to-do list and I pick the easiest thing and I make that my number one. Because once I can cross that off the list, now I feel Feels a good. sense of a, accomplishment. <laughs> as minor as it may be, um, that's kind of what I do. I'm, I'm always writing a, a list of what I need to do. Um, and I don't beat myself up if I don't accomplish everything on that list. But I definitely, um, I pad my list so that I can accomplish some things. Um, and that kind of keeps me motivated. Um, I'm kind of a scatterbrained too, though, and it, it comes from me trying to juggle so many things. Um, I don't have an answer to that, but at the end of the day, I'll say do something. Make sure you've done something. Otherwise, you're kind of just in a rocking chair. You're doing something, but you're not going anywhere. So um, don't confuse accomplishment with activity. Mm -hmm. If you have one productive hour out of your 24 hours, mm -hmm. that's way better than wasting six. Mm -hmm. mm. So uh, would love to uh, finish with, so knowing, having some knowledge on what Detroit Startup Week is, how does this community help you uh, June 18th to the 22nd this year? What, what can we do that will move the needle for Detroit SIP? Um, patronize, and not just my business. Um, I just think we get, my, my grandmother used to tell me, don't let the calendar dictate how you treat people. Hmm. And with that, Meaning, don't just be nice to me because it's my birthday. <laughs> there are 364 other days. So let Detroit Startup Week be the start of something that you continue. You know, you get a, a ton of people that come for that period because that's what the calendar is telling us to do. But when the music stops and the lights and the cameras are, are gone, then what? Well, thank you so much for telling uh, a bit of your story today. You're most welcome. Appreciate it. No Thanks problem. for being involved. Well, thank you. All right, everybody. That was Giovanna Watson of Detroit SIP and Kyle Bazzi of Grand Circus Detroit. I couldn't possibly imagine running a company while being a full-time attorney and a mom of two teenage kids. 
serious kudos to Giovanna for her legendary hustle. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Detroit Startup Week podcast. Please feel free to check out more info in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for your attention, and we'll see you next time.